What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. Another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Oh man, today we're back with another great episode. We got my buddy James Hawk. Uh, so James, you know, basically, you know, I bring everybody on the show to kind of share their experience. Uh, you know, thank you for taking the time out today to uh, walk us through your journey in this real estate business. Uh, so just give the the group a, a background of, of you know, how you guys started in, uh, in real estate. Sure. And man, I appreciate you having me on, by the way. I'm excited, excited to be on here and share with uh, your listeners. So appreciate it. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I've been in real estate investing about 10 years now. Um, I was working for a bridge company. Uh, we did like uh, the Woodrow Wilson in DC. We were featured on Mega Builders. It was really cool, um, but it was a nine to five job. So I was going to become an agent. That was the original plan. I had a friend that was wholesaling, had no idea what that was. But once I started digging into it, and uh, it's funny that back then there wasn't nowhere near as much content as there is right now out there. So I found uh, Michael Jake. Mike Jake like had some videos on YouTube back in that day, which you we both know Mike Jake now. Yeah. He's in the mastermind with this. Um, so it was cool like meeting him down the line, and like he was one of the first like videos that I'd seen on it, and I'd learned about wholesaling. Um, and then you know I just started doing it, man. Around like uh, I was working night shift at the time, so I just dove in YouTube University and found as much info as I could. Uh, and you know, just, just grinded it out, man. So it took me like three or four months. Uh, I did my first deal and a month and a half later, I did uh, like a two package deal for uh, 20,000 bucks and the most money I'd ever made at the time. And not saying you should do this, but this is what I did. It worked out, but, uh, quit my job and then I knew just that was coming. <laughs> just went out. I was like $20,000. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time when I started, I mean, I was, I think I was making like 50, like $50,000 a year or something like that. I was like a supervisor and I could have probably capped out if I would have stayed the rest of my life, maybe at like 70, 80 grand, right? Like that was like the top, top level there at that company. And to see that money, man, that, that much money, I had 900 bucks in my bank account when I had learned about this. So not saying that you should do that, but that's what I did. And uh, yeah. I'm telling out. everybody they should do that. Go quit your job right away. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, <laughs> you, make, you make a little bit of money, just quit. That's it. I'm going all in. You know? Jump out so, the window and grow wings flying down. That's how you got to do it. When it not becomes real, man, like that's, that's the thing. Like a lot of people see it and, you know, there's a lot of people out there talk about it, share content on it and everything else. But until you like can really like experience it, you get that first check and it becomes just real to you. Um, you know, it's it's invigorating, man. It's invigorating. Yeah, man. I, I, I have a similar story. Um, I got my first check and, you know, did the same thing, put my two week notice in right away. Uh, you know, the next, and, I, and I blew the first check. Jersey Turnpike. The toll at the time was like 35 cents and I was scraping in the middle of my console looking for change to pay the toll. Six months after I quit my job, I had blew the money. I think I made like almost 40,000, something like that. I blew it. 
He's a big one. And, uh, yeah, being young and dumb. But yeah, I learned from that point. But yeah, so why are you passionate for real estate, James? Dude, I, I mean, I, I love it because A, there's there's just so many different avenues that you can use, right, to make money. And I had, uh, growing up, my, uh, my stepdad, he had a construction company. So I was around construction, like growing up throughout my teenage years and stuff like that. So it's very familiar to me, um, just being around real estate in general. Um, and I like it, right? So like, I like seeing finished products, like when rehabs, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's a way to really like build wealth. Like there's not, there's really nothing else out there that in my opinion offers so many different avenues that has a little bit of something for everyone. And there's no limit to really how much you can make or what you, what you want to do. Um, and I love that aspect of it. Yeah. It's totally up to you, you know, cause it's all commission. So right. you get out of it, what you put into it. And now you're doing mostly wholesales, um, you know, as I recall. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I've interviewed quite a few wholesalers. That seem to be the common theme. And, you know, to be honest with you, before I actually joined the mastermind, I kind of frowned upon wholesales only because I was ignorant to that business. Right. And what I mean by that is um, I did a few wholesales uh, after the market crash. That was the way to make money to wholesale a deal, like from after 20, 2008. You said you've been in for 10 years. So you haven't experienced the, the 2008 downturn. No, so, I was. it was starting to trend up when I got yeah. there. So I went through that process and I, I learned the wholesaling. Back then, we used to call it a totem pole deal, right? You show up at the closing, you got six people waiting to get a check. You know, this person brought the deal to this person, this person, this person. And I, I did a few of those deals and I was just like, ah, I don't want to be involved with that. You know, if you're not the seller directly, I don't want to deal with it. But people refined the process over the years and kind of created a system where it's not so many people involved in a deal. But I was right. in the dark for the longest. And when I joined the mastermind, I saw that at least 60 percent of the people there were actually wholesalers. And you know, they went from doing short sales to doing wholesales. And then they have fix and flip business, buy and hold. It's a variety of things, multifamily, a lot of different experience of great people in a group. But that was my first time really seeing how wholesale was actually a business yeah. and how you can make millions for, you as having that be one component of your business is doing wholesaling. So let's talk about that a little bit. You talked about your journey, you know, where you sort of videos, YouTube University, you went through that. Um, what were what some of the challenges that you went through and maybe some stuff that you go through today? You know, we're in a black, you know, still COVID, the black swan event trigger early in this year. Um, first question is, because I hit you with a couple of them. What are some of the challenges you're going through as a wholesaler, if any, um, or maybe some that you had that you overcome for people who may be listening to this, who may be doing wholesaling? You know, what can you share with us? Yeah, yeah. So, um and so we actually we fix and flip a lot too um but you know wholesaling has always been near and dear to my heart just simply because that's that's how i got started right um and and i really i love wholesaling because um for one it's a great way to build just a cash machine for active income that you can use for fix and flips or long-term wealth building strategies, right? So your portfolio and your passive income. Um, and, you know, it provides that opportunity and it's very low risk. Um, you know, we don't put con properties under contract that we won't buy ourselves. Um, you know, so we've really refined it over time and we've, we went back and forth, right? There was times throughout the years, cause I also have a business partner 
um, you know, that we merged our, both of our wholesale companies in 2013 and that's, that's Hunter. Um, but you know, we've swapped back and forth where there was times we were just wholesaling. There was times we were wholesaling, fix and flipping. Then there was times we were just fix and flipping. So it's like, we went back and forth over the years to really like try to refine a system, um, that, that works really well for us. Um, and you know, our team, and now it's, it's back to like a hybrid model. And during COVID, when it first hit, we, we just laid down marketing. Like we just put our foot on the gas and actually ticked it up um, and just kind of rolled the dice a little bit, um, you know, because I know a lot of people were very, very hesitant. A lot of people stopped marketing completely or they definitely drew it back. Um, so we went in the opposite direction and we were, we were killing it during actually COVID, like during the quarantine. Um, we, were, we were still doing deals consistently. And one of the biggest lessons um, you know, and this will resonate with the newer people. And I stress this all the time that I learned, um, you know, early on is this, like the consistency with your marketing and making offers is huge. So, you know, everyone gets in this vicious cycle, typically when you start out that, you know, you go out there, you start doing some marketing, you end up getting a deal, you stop marketing, you stop making offers because now all the focus is in selling that deal. And, you know, getting that check. And, and I understand that. But, you know, when you start doing that uh, every time, it becomes this pattern. And then before you know it, you're starting all over. So it's a really big momentum game, right? Like if you want to do deals consistently every single week, every single month, um, you got to keep that marketing going, especially with certain channels. Like as, as an example, direct mail. Like direct mail is such a momentum game. If you just plan on sending out one or two mail campaigns, you might as well not do it at all, you know? And uh, we've spent millions of dollars in direct mail and it still works. Uh, it still works today. And we have uh, several other marketing channels as well. But, um, you know, that is one thing like over the years, if we looked at what's made us more money than anything, it's direct mail. Now you all you all sell it direct. I would I would presume. I mean, you're not, you're not, you know, MLS yeah, deals. Yeah, we go lock up direct. contracts either you know in person over the phone, whatever. Got yeah, it. so we're all direct deals. There's no now we'll do some JV deals and stuff like like you know Billy, um, Billy in Orlando, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're actually going to his office tomorrow. Um, we bought a deal from him last week, um, and then also we're doing a JV deal with him right now too, a wholesale deal. Awesome. You're just partnering up, trying to generate the lead any way you can. So let's let's talk about this marketing thing a little bit, because that you mentioned something that, um, you know, kind of hit home where I, I hear a lot of people actually give up with the direct mail. Uh, I'm hearing text messages. You know, that's the best lead generation. We do that too. More than more than the direct mail because the direct mail is so expensive. I'm hearing TV commercials. I'm hearing social media. Yeah. What what are you seeing as far as your KPIs where you're getting the most bang for your buck? Is it that physical mail piece, the postcard or the text messages? Now right now at the moment, um it's it's almost it's kind of neck and neck, right? Uh with direct mail and texting. Um, you know, and then we also we also do you know some tv as well like you know in the group um a lot of people talk about that but uh we did get hit i will say this over the last like month and a half or so um obviously because of the election like direct mail took a huge hit mm -hmm. so you know texting played a fundamental role in like keeping that lead volume up um you know as like 
a million pieces of direct mail, you know, yeah. related to the election were being flooded everywhere. So that obviously had an impact um, on the direct mail side. But uh, yeah, I mean, direct mail and texting are uh, are two like primary, I would say, and then TV would come right. Nobody cold calling? You don't have the cold callers pound on the we, phone? No, we, we do. We do some cold calling, but that's more of like in a rotation. So like uh, one of the people, like they're on a dialer one day and then, you know, they're they're texting the next day. So it's like a rotation. Um, but we're not heavy cold calling. We're, we're much heavier, you know, on text. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird because some people swear by cold calling. Some people swear by texting. Some people say I'm only doing direct mail. So I guess it just depends on your market or your leads, the type of leads you're, you're marketing to, right? That you get the higher response from. Um, there's some people who know how to really carve out the leads and really, you know, go through batch list stacker and really organize it really well and uh, create a formula that, you know, gives them success, whether they're cold calling, texting or direct mailing. So that's, that's yeah. really good. And not only see, I like what your, what your model is because you're doing wholesaling, you're generating leads, but if something fits in your buy box for a flip, then you're pulling that out and right. you turn it into a flip. So I get that all the way. And by you still having a wholesaling business model, you still can generate money off deals that you would have passed if you just was flipping properties because mm. you're able to wholesale and generate income from that. So that's pretty smart that you have the hybrid model set up like that. What type of challenges are you going through with any on your flips? Because we know that those not a walk in the park now. So it, it, right, right. <laughs> we, we all know that, you know, the mastermind, this is the constant, like, well, man, what are you, what are you doing flips? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always a conversation at dinner. Um, so I, I tell you what, man, with the flips, I got to, you know, really, really give, uh, you know, Hunter and uh, our project manager a lot of props now. Like the, the flips are going very, very smooth. And this has been a long time coming. Uh, thousands of dollars lost, like budgets blown out of the water, time frames, like a million contractors and subs and vendors that we've tried out. So, I mean, we, we definitely, I, I guess we could say we took the long way around, but um, I don't really know if there is a shortcut when it comes to the flipping side, dealing with, man, finding the right people to do the work is like the most fundamental part of success in flipping houses. Um, doing the fix and flips. And as of now, um, this year, like we've gotten some really good crews together uh, that we're happy with and they're getting it done. Um, and, you know, we have a really good project manager. So right now with the, with the flips, um, we're not really, that's, that's one aspect that we're not really facing a ton of challenges um, right at the moment. Uh, but yeah, again, like it was a long time coming that, you know, we did face a lot of challenges for several years and now we've really dialed it in and, uh, you know, feel good about it. At this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of experienced the same thing, but we know that is, uh, people and processes, right. That makes it, that makes the will go around. So you have your processes, you have the right people in place, which are the contractors, then you have your project manager overseeing that from a, from a bird's eye view yep. with the KPIs and everything pushing that forward. So that's what make it all smooth, like what you're experiencing now, because you have all that in place. Then every once in a while, you're just making sure that, you know, you need to change something or, or yeah, do something to make it better. Yeah. You know I mean? it's, it, you know how that is. Obviously, stuff is going to arise. Um, I'll tell you what else, going back to what you are saying before um, about, like, you know, the flow, right? So 
we're also looking, uh, you know, to buy more like really, really cool like properties to hold too. So we actually bought a haunted house. That's like a famous haunted house not long ago. Awesome. That we're going, yeah, that we're going to Airbnb. Um, or, or we also have an offer from uh, a restaurant for like a, a commercial lease. Um, we might we might do that as well, but it's, it's a pretty uh, it's pretty interesting uh, interesting story. That's awesome, man. Flipmorehouses.com. Make sure you guys go check it out. James Hawk. Make sure you guys go check it out. Hayden Hawk Investment Group. All right, this is another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host Fuquan Bilal. Thanks again, man. Any last words for anybody new who's getting into the business that you want to share? Uh, you know. For anyone getting started, uh, just really, really focus on what's going to make you money. Focus on those revenue generating activities. Don't get caught up in like websites and like, you know, all this other stuff that can lead you, lead you down the wrong path. Uh, you know, the what's going to really increase your chances for success is focus on what is going to make you money as soon as possible. And then you can start bolting those pieces, those other additional pieces on along the way. Um, but get to the money as fast as you can. Well said. Thanks again, James. I really appreciate you coming on the Thank platform. You. you guys know where to find us, all the social media channels, PFRI, Passion for Real Estate Investments. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day.